This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! Alright, Dungeon Discourse, episode 48, the Walt Gilmore. Do you mean Artist Gilmore? No, it was Walt Gilmore. Walt like, Gilmore. Played okay. like one year. <laughs> Attaboy. Um, well, shouts to Walt in the 1971, looking up what team, Portland Trailblazers. Attaboy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miami Heat. You, you- you could have gone Nazi Muhammad. You you elected to go Walt Gilmore. Well, I, I, I thought it was a typo. I thought it was like artist. I thought you meant artist Gilmore. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. no. Um, but the, apparently not A-Train. So, Walt Gilmore, D&D 48, Miami Heat going to the NBA Finals against LeBron James, his former team. Um, this is not, I think, the matchup that the NBA wanted. I don't know that it's the matchup that you and I wanted. I don't know. It's, but the Heat are here, man, for, for, for better or for worse. They've come this far. They won 4-2 against the Celtics. Tatum had some some rough nights. Um, great leap year for him, and I, I don't think the Celtics have anything to be upset over. But at the same time, uh, nobody expected Miami to be here. Yeah, nobody expected it, and it may not have been the you know the matchup that you know we wanted going into it. But I, it's not one of those ones where I think it's going to be bad by any stretch. In fact, I, I feel like it'll be every bit as compelling as as it would have been you know had it been Lakers and Celtics. Like you know, quite frankly, uh, while I didn't anticipate the Heat being here, and I thought that they were still a year and maybe a, a, another you know kind of big time name or big addition away, uh, I'm absolutely here for it. I, I actually can't wait to get this series started. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm like, even as we sit here immediately after game six finished, um, I'm kind of curious what the odds will be. And and I can't, like, you know, as much as like Riley felt spurned when LeBron left the heat and there's Jimmy Butler, like people didn't think I could play basketball. And, um, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, trying to get his first finals MVP and going up against, a, you know, potentially a very good defensive player in Bam Adebayo. I, I keep feeling like, the story that's going to run here is that the Lakers um, are going to be heavy favorites. Like a LeBron James finals team is going to be the heavy favorite, I think probably for the first time ever in his career. And and I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like the Lakers are minus 380, Heat plus 480. So that's, I mean, that's pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, and things may even out a bit more as we get closer to it, as folks start to bet heavily one way or the other. Uh, but it's not necessarily shocking, you know, specifically, you know, specifically because, you know, the Lakers were a team that, you know, even if even if everybody didn't have them, you know, etched in stone going to the finals, you know, they were a team that people believed in at least uh, at least initially a little bit more than, the, you know, than the Heat. And even after the fact, you know, I, I can actually understand that. Ultimately, I don't you, you know me, I don't care about the Vegas odds, of course, unless you know, you're, we're using bet online, um, I, I, but no, no, seriously, I, I don't care about the betting odds. I, I think this is going to be a fantastic series. Um, Odd Shark has heat at plus five hundred. Um, Vegas Insider has heat at plus three seventy five. Lakers minus four fifty. I, I would bet without looking right now that this is the most favored they've ever been in a, fi- a LeBron, that a LeBron, LeBron team, team has ever been. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, by the way, like 10, 10 trips to the finals um, in 17 years is... Jesus. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And if you're not a LeBron fan or you were someone today that was like trying to downplay that and, you know, there's people been like that 3-6 mafia thing. He, to, to go to the finals in 59% of your seasons when you're in a 30-team league, have switched teams three times... You know, uh, I know he has his hand in things, and we'll definitely get to that. But that is—it's—it's just an insane thing to think about. 
Well, I mean, yeah, people can make the joke all they want, but the reality is, you know, he's gone 10 years and seven, you know, 10 out of 17, and that's including a career, like you said, that he's moved around three different times, and yes, there are, you know, there are reasons for that, but it's also including a, te- uh, including a career that he, when he was drafted, he joined an, exp- you know, not an expansion team, a-, a lottery team, and he also joined a lottery team when he came to the Lakers. Like, they, yes, they were on the rise, and yes, they had some pieces there, but they, you know, they had been a, you know, a perennial lottery team when he, you know, when he decided decided to join him so it's even it's even more impressive when you really start to break down the years that he didn't make the, you know that he actually didn't make the finals yeah and i i just like don't like, like people say it all the time like don't take it for granted and it, it's it's not like he's on the way out the door and and you could argue you know with the way he's played that he's going to be a very good player up until he's 40 but uh, 10 of the 17 years making the finals it is just ridiculous it it is it is a ridiculous accomplishment. Um, there's a myriad of factors and things and context and, and and all of this stuff. But you know, there was legitimate pause several times throughout this year. Um, you know, starting at the beginning of the year, and I think you you know you you pointed that out to me because I was overly harsh. Um, but you know, there were there were a lot of not believers in the Lakers. Not to say that they were underdogs, but nobody thought that they were locked to be here. Plenty of people had the. Bucks winning the championship in the Clippers, but here they are. Neither of those teams are there, and and LeBron could win championship number four, which kind of you know after the way that the Lakers season went last year before Anthony Davis came, it looked far from certain that he would ever be back to the finals, let alone win another ring. I'll say it straight up. Up until they got Anthony Davis, I honestly thought, well, hey, we got him for the tail end. Even if you know, even if he doesn't get one in a Lakers uniform, which I honestly did not think that I didn't anticipate it taking place. But even if he didn't get one, it was great to have him. But you're right. <laughs> they, they they make the moves. They get Anthony Davis. They put other pieces around him. He you know he plays great. You know they they click. They find a way. They're in the finals and. Like you, I'm of the same opinion. If LeBron James stays healthy, he could be st- right there in the mix all the way up until 40, and that's absolutely crazy. That's asinine. Yeah, and, I, you know, of course people who hate him have already started, oh, well, it's bubble ball, it doesn't count, and oh, God. like the asterisk conversation, which, you know, we had a lot of that talk in the law. There was a lot of, like, well, will, will this season even matter, and if they change the playoff format, will it even count? And we had all of those conversations, and I didn't hear anything about there being an asterisk in the bubble once mm-hmm. the playoffs started until the Lakers had advanced to the final. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the last two days, I've seen plenty of conversations entertaining whether this year gets an asterisk or not. I would say, and, and I don't really enjoy the Lakers. I, I don't particularly want the Lakers to win another one. I would be excited for LeBron. But, they, I mean, they suffered more. That's not narrative. That don't 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 Rachel Nichols me. You know, they had they, they had home court advantage, right? That they went and earned it in the regular season. They they lost that. I mean that is, yep. that's what people play for. So like, you can absolutely argue from a very logical standpoint that it was a harder road for them than it would have been in a regular postseason. Look, I'm not even gonna go here because, and here's why: I don't care. Again, like all of this, all of this narrative, and, and you, you know, I'm not poo-pooing, you know, uh, the topic. I, I understand why you're bringing it up because I saw it all over the timeline as well. But all of this nonsense, like, let's not let it distract you from the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers are in the finals and they're going to play the Miami Heat, and it's probably going to be highly entertaining. All of that nonsense, like where you had people, you know, having that conversation, and you also had people like, oh well, let's let's go ahead and kick off the, you know, the goat conversation against, like, no, 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 who gives a damn about all of that? I don't care about where you want to rank, you know, this guy right now. Let's just, you know, let's actually enjoy this, you know, let's enjoy this uh, this series. I recognize that part of the reason is, you know, kind of what you alluded to, people don't like, you know, if you're not a Lakers fan, you hate the Lakers, so I get that. But look, you know, for the Lakers fans out there, like, like, don't get distracted by all of this enjoy this shit i'm not in any way skipping past things and 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 counting number 17 but i'm going to tell you right now i'm not in any way going to apologize or feel sorry about enjoying this and i'm not in any way going to entertain any conversation whatsoever that talks about an asterisk because that's just absolute that's absolutely bullshit and i'll go i'll go back to what we talked about i mean i i do care about all this stuff i like the rankings and yeah frankly i don't really want the heat or the lakers to win another ring so i'm already (laughs) I, I, i would much rather see seen a team like Denver who hadn't won one ever you know win one like I, I, I the Clippers um, 
You know what? I can't even go there because they annoyed me so much in that Maverick oh. series. And Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris made them so hard to root for. But in general, like I, I feel like I'm a those-in-need kind of supporter when it gets to this point in the class. But here we are, two well-established big market teams in the NBA Finals, uh, both already boasting hardware in the last decade. So it is what it is. That's what we got. But, um, but, but, uh, but, but honestly, to that point, and, and uh, I actually want to piggyback on that, I, I'm glad you acknowledged that because at least you said it. Because the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people saying a lot of stupid things like on the timeline. And you know, I appreciate NBA Twitter. It's entertaining as all shit, even as maddening as it can get at different times and as stupid as some of y'all can be at times. I love it and I'm here for it at all times. But even you know, like th- there are so many dumb things being said and really ultimately what it boils down to is folks just need to say what you just said. I don't like the Lakers. I don't like the Heat. And I would have preferred somebody else. But with all of that established, let's I'm still going to appreciate this, you know, this action because it's going to be great. Well, and it's not like it's not like I don't want to watch the finals or I don't think that there'll be games. For sure. It's just like the the bias is always present, right? And like yeah. there's stuff on both ends. Like I, I would be really happy for Spo. Mm-hmm. I think Eric Spolster is like one of the best coaches in the league. And him winning one with this team would do some amazing things for how he's viewed because I think, you know, fair or foul, a lot of people say, oh, anyone could win with LeBron. Five, anyone five, could have won with that's LeBron. That's five finals win. for him now. Yeah. And and on the other side, like, again, like, I'm a LeBron guy. I would love to see LeBron get four. I would love to have all those off-season conversations to see what those mean. So, like, I'll, I'll find a silver lining no matter what. Okay. But um, back to the asterisk thing just for one second. Is it, you know, 99, again, we talked about this a few months ago, but 99 – Lockout season, Jordan's gone, uh, crazy things, eight seeds competing, going to the finals. Um, and everyone's like, this year doesn't count, this year doesn't count, this year doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And then today, no one's like, oh, man, Tim Duncan has four and that one asterisk in 99. Nobody says that. No one. You, you know what? You, let, let me take you back a little bit because I, obviously I know that you, you, know, you, you were alive at that time. But really, it was Phil Jackson that was the one that was putting that out there. And because we, you know, because we had such reverence for what Phil Jackson said, there, you know, like that narrative, you know, ran. But it was really just him that was the, he was the main culprit saying that. Because the truth of the matter is, even though I was a biased Lakers fan at that time and absolutely saying, yeah, you're damn right, that's an asterisk. The, re- the reality is, you're right. Nobody thinks about that now. Nobody does because get the hell out of here with that. Regardless of whether they played 50 games or Jordan wasn't in it, they all suited up just like everyone else. They went through the they went through the battles and they won the ring. Whoever wins this one, hopefully the Lakers, <laughs> they're going to have the same they're going to have the same you know as everybody else every other year. Well, and I'm doing the the Kobe and pointing at the fingers like one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. and no, no one says that about Duncan, right? And I, no, like no one's like Duncan's got four and an asterisk. No, everyone's like Duncan's got five. Even LeBron in twenty twelve, there was oh, it's a lockout season, it's shortened season, mm-hmm. it doesn't really count. And I remember hearing that. But even like LeBron haters rarely go there. They go to all the other things. I rarely hear that now because three is three. Yeah, five is five. If you yep. get the hardware, you get the hardware. And no matter what people on the internet say, the rings on your finger. So it is what it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get to an official prediction today? Sure. All right. Yeah, I mean, we you know, we actually we I mean we can do it Wednesday or we can do it today. No, let's do it today. Let's do okay. it today. Let's get ahead of it. When right. first game is going to be Thursday? I think that's what they said. Let me take a look while we're going. I'm looking it up as we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I I think I'm looking they both play the same amount of games. So both teams are going to have played 15 games heading into the finals. Um, we talked about this, I don't know, four episodes back, and I was saying that Goran Dragic is the guy I kind of thought if the Heat won this series somehow, it would be because Butler and Bam did a good enough job on the stars that they were opposite, and Dragic just ate. And uh, I'm not, I'm not feeling optimistic on Miami, but I bet it. Like I, I didn't have them against winning against Boston. Did have them winning against Milwaukee, and I feel like it's dangerous. I don't feel good against picking against them, so. You know, despite the Vegas odds, I do. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think this will be a competitive series. I don't think LA is going to smack them in four or five. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. By the way, it is a Wednesday, Friday, Sunday start, which I'm in love with because we get two games over the, you know, essentially over the weekend. Nice. Um, look, I like this matchup, I guess, better than like I would have been uh, been in favor of the Boston matchup from a personnel standpoint. Uh, but I will say the coaching matchup and the battle for you know, battle of adjustments between Spolster and Vogel, that's definitely a concern for me. Uh, that's not in any way to. I'm not even trying to diminish what Vogel brings because I think for the very, you know, for the most overwhelming most part, uh, Vogel. You know, Vogel and his crew were you know, were fantastic throughout the year. They had some questionable rotations and some questionable uh, dedication to you know certain players. You know, it, it, during some rough stretches. But all in all, obviously everything has worked out. That that said, that's still you know if we're doing the okay, you know, which side has the advantage? I still would lean towards the Heat. You know, for the you know for the same reasons that you know that you kind of listed earlier about Spolstra. Uh, you know, after kind of admittedly, you know, like I was a little bit quick to kick dust or actually kick the dirt and stomp it down on Iguodala because he looked deceased to be honest with you uh, <laughs> prior to the last couple games he had a, a like a a decent little stretch uh, you know two games ago and then in the, in the in the closeout game you know obviously he played you know he played great he shot really well um so you know that does add another guy with some familiarity of defending LeBron in some big spots so that that'll be interesting but to me for me uh as has been the case kind of throughout these playoffs, the matchup that I'm really looking forward to is of the big men. You know, the AD versus da- versus Bam is obviously going to be interesting. Bam's are they going to do? If are the Heat going to stick Jay on him though? Like, I, it, I I I think honestly, if the Lakers utilize him the way that they did, especially after Game One in that Houston series, I think they're going to have to give him different looks, and it's ultimately going to end up with Bam on him. But yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they tried to start, you know, start off with Jay. Like, I think they might start with Jay, and then knowing that, like, when the Lakers drop their center, it'll be Bam's job. But I wouldn't be surprised if actually Andre Iguodala even got some minutes on AD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I was looking too as you were talking, like the Lakers won both regular season matchups, but the Heat for all of the teams, and I, I do think there's more substance to the regular season matchups than people usually make it out to be, but you know, this Heat team has changed its identity so much in the playoffs, like Kendrick Nunn and Myers Leonard are essentially out. Their rotation's entirely different. Spolstra isn't using that same roadmap, so I don't even think it matters. I, I wanna say Lakers in six. That that like that is where my gut is sitting at, I feel like you know, I, I could see the Heat coming out, punching them in the mouth and taking, like, game one sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, Lakers winning four of the next five is kind of how I imagine this going. That's And, and not to be boring, but that's exactly what I see. Like, I, I don't even necessarily know that it'll be game one, but one of the first two games, it would not shock me to see the Heat get it. And if they get game one, it wouldn't. It actually wouldn't shock me to see them really scare them in game two. But like you, you know... <clears throat> I, I, I've tried not to just come across as like, yeah, I'm just picking the Lakers. You know that if I didn't think they were going to win or if I thought that, you know, like there was even a likelihood that they wouldn't, I would say it. But ultimately, <laughs> with those with those guys playing in the way that they have and the defense clicking the way that it has, you know, specifically, you know, when they really when they really needed it in, you know, during stretches and during games. You're not going to beat them. So I got Lakers in six as well. And I'm probably being you know cautious because my gut wants to say five. Yeah, fair enough. I I think cautious has been better in this postseason, though, because oh, of strange things have happened. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. You and just never know. <laughs> I was totally joking on the timeline. Like, I did not think Denver was coming back 3-1 a third time. But Oh, I know. Man, <laughs> what, what, that would have been a story. And you know, chefs, let's just spend a minute on Jamal Murray. Did okay. you see the stat that I found this morning on him? No, I didn't. Let me know. Uh, 25 points a game in the playoffs, shooting 50 from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the free throw line. Only three other guys in history have done that in the playoffs, so 10 games or more. Nice. So you actually have to go a couple rounds. You want to guess those three? Okay, g- give me this at one more time. Okay, so you have to score at least 25 in the playoffs, mm-hmm. 50% from the field, 50, 40, 90 club, 40 from three, 90 from free throw. All right, so Steph? Nope. No? Nope. KD. Yep. Last okay. year. Before okay. he got hurt. All right. So KD last year, not Steph. That's interesting. Did, uh, wait, did LeBron do it? No. He ne- the free throws, he'll never get 90. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, let, me, let me go one or two more. Um, it wasn't Duncan because I don't think yeah, he wasn't doing 90. One guy more recently, and then one guy way back. Jerry West. Nope. All right, give him to me. Okay. 
So Bird, 86, okay. following his third straight MVP award, the year they won the title. Okay. That's 50-40-90 in the playoffs, okay? Nice. Doesn't happen again until Kawhi Leonard does it in ah. 2017 on that 67-win Spurs team before Zaza Pachulia submarines that season. Okay, that was the that was like the year that Tatum had this year. That was kind of like Kawhi's like big leap year offensively. I mean, eighty six with Bird. Nobody did it till Kawhi twenty seventeen. Nobody gotta, else had that kind of value. I got to be honest with you. I am still kind of shocked that Steph didn't do that. That's this isn't me. This isn't shade. I'm I'm being for real. Like I'm kind of shocked that he didn't do that. And then KD was on his way last year. He did he did it last year. And so I mean that tells you how much that injury played for him. But. Um, Steph didn't do it like it's not really shaded Steph because he's got like some forty eight percent yeah field goals. He just takes so many threes that it's it's going to be tough to do. That. Yeah, it's tough to get to that beautiful fifty forty symmetrical fifty forty ninety. But um, it is a pretty incredible stat. And like Jamal Murray's numbers in this postseason run are better than what Kyrie had in twenty sixteen on that finals run, and he's a year younger. Hey, look, I'm gonna. I, I, you know that I like to, you know, try to, you know, rib you a little bit, but the truth of the matter is I do it because the guy's so damn good. Look, Jamal Murray's nice. Like, and, and as much as we like to have that young guard conversation in particular, you know, for me, he solidified himself as the leader of that pack. Yeah, and and I'm, this is not just a prisoner of the moment because this is over. This is over an, uh, an extended run. Uh, yes, Devin Booker's still right there, and I think both of them are are slightly ahead of of Donovan Mitchell. But yeah, w- what Jamal Murray was able to do was I, I remember how we went into the year saying, okay, can he take that next step? He may not have shown it over the course of an 82-game situation, but he absolutely showed it over the course of a 25-game situation. So if he can build upon that, I actually think he's right there in that conversation with that next group of the of the actual great, you know, the, the greatest guards in the in the game at this time. And I'm and again, I'm not I'm not putting extras on it. The guy was that good for such an extended period of time. I think we have to have that, you know, have him in that conversation. Yeah, and I, I think something with that too. I, I was seeing a lot of that commentary today. Like, it's, he's got to do that in the regular season. Like, he'll definitely be better in the regular season following this. Like, he's made a leap. Yes. But my thing is, like, I look today. The Nuggets have won the third most games in the NBA over the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Jokic is 24, 25. I can't remember. Murray's 23. Um, like, what more could they, like, what more were they supposed to do? Like, you, you, I mean, I guess you want more consistency from him. But, you know, you throw Michael Porter Jr. in that mix. Like, the Nuggets, like, it, it's not like Jamal slacked off and they underachieved in the regular season the last two years. Well, no, hold on, but hold on. Let, 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 you know, let's also be upfront about that. They've got it. You know, they are a team that traditionally, at least up until this run, we were we were acknowledging that was built for the regular season because they have so much talent. So that's not you know like you know so those wins weren't solely simply you know, weren't simply because Jamal was giving you was doing everything he can do during the regular season. We you know, we both have had this conversation, and anybody that's listened to this show you know you know, would, would acknowledge or our previous show would acknowledge he has you know he has been. You know, shown signs of being inconsistent. It's not even a knock. He's a young guard in a in a in a guards league. You know, so I totally understand it. Moving forward, if he can play like this, and he doesn't have to put up fifty a night, of course, but if he can play with this sort of impact, and to be honest with you, I think he can because I think he's a guy that can score somewhere in the you know to low to mid you know mid twenties on a regular basis, and actually creep up closer to that double digit assist you know on on a consistent basis. If he can do that, like I said, I do think he's in that in, in that next level conversation. But otherwise, either way, even as he's even as he is right now, like I said, to me, he's the leader of the pack with those young guards. But there's just that there's just no scoring guard that plays consistently, other than maybe Steph. Mm-hmm. Like there there just isn't. Dave has so had some tough. of the coldest on the in the negative sense of cold playoff series you'll ever see. Harden. I mean, we could go up and down the list. Oh, I mean, as a score in the regular season, Harden is is about as close as you can get. But um, but I just, I just think like when when you're saying that like, and I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everyone. Mm-hmm. When you're saying like they need to be more consistent in the regular season, like are you aware? That the Nuggets have the third most regular season wins over the last two years. Yeah, uh, but uh, and again, those are to me those are different conversations because if we're talking about if we're speaking of consistency as a team, absolutely. If we're if we're analyzing an individual player, we uh, I I don't think it's unfair to acknowledge that you know they, he's had some ups and downs. But it's and that is even more of a testament to how great he was for such an extended stretch throughout the bubble. I asked this one today, and I I, I couldn't help myself getting away with some of these polls today, but like. <laughs> If Luka Doncic is, like, the number one asset in the league right now, 
mm-hmm. given that he's on his rookie contract. He seems like he's an MVP type guy. Yeah. Jamal's in this, heading into his first year of this max deal. Um, where's Jamal? Like, would you like? And, and just just spitball. Like, is, is he top ten now? Is he a top ten asset? Is he top? Is that too high? Top fifteen? Top twenty? Where are you? And if you were if you were doing a redraft for the next ten years, how quick does he go off the board? All right, and I just want to be clear for the listeners out there because obviously some people will understand that you said asset, and we're not saying that he's a top ten player. We're we're, we're taking into account as you just broke down his age, his you know the fact that he's you know like on on that second contract as opposed to getting that super super big you know third one and all of that. I think he is in that top ten conversation because you know be, you know because of where the game is because specifically because of like I, like I said I think he's got one more step. It doesn't even have to be a huge step, but he's got one more step in his game. Yeah, I think he's in that conversation. Would you take Bam or Jamal Murray if you're starting a team right now? Oh man, now that that's where it becomes tough because my, you know the respect and appreciation for Bam's game that I have grown over the you know over the past two years because obviously I was you know I was late to the party on Bam um, makes it difficult. Um, that's they're they're right there in that same place because of you know honestly because of how impactful Bam can be not only on the defensive end not only obviously as he's shown you know and he's getting better and better as a scorer but that guy really does control the flow of their offense and as a as a as a distributor I know that we you know obviously you know Jokic is probably the you know the, the best you know playmaking big man in the game right now and I'm not saying that Bam is there but I do think that Bam as he continues to develop will be in that same conversation in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm, I'll probably pull that tomorrow. It's it's, 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 it's closer. It's closer than, than people would say. This right. is one of the things like I, I wanted to write an article on this, and I hadn't gotten to doing it. But like, I'm, I'm trying to put this in words eloquently. Clint Capella was, uh, I don't know, raised up. He was celebrated to a very high degree for the defensive year he had in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how he could switch and how he could move and similar I mean not quite to what the Draymond level but like he was propped up in that way I'm a big that can't get played off the floor I can guard anyone yeah Bam is the next guy and while Draymond had it for a couple years there's also been like a lot of Draymond doesn't try in the regular season there's also it seems like it's very hard to sustain as a big man that sort of energy effort and mobility year after year and I'm and I'm hesitant to believe that any big can be that functional for long periods of time. Maybe Bam is like I'm very aware that he's young, but I I just I don't know that like I, I still think that the three level score in the playoffs is just about the most valuable thing that you need or that you can get in come the playoffs. And I just don't know how sustainable it is to play that kind of defense as a big man in the NBA that many possessions at the pace that we're playing at today year after year and I don't know if I I don't know if I said that very well but can no, I get what I'm saying yeah no I, I totally get what you're saying and, and uh, the one thing I'll say is this if his offense continues to develop in the way that it at least appears to be do, you know doing so over these last couple of years I think I think you know that that ends the conversation but you're right if you know like if he stays exactly you know as from a scoring perspective he stays exactly where he is right now uh, I do agree that the three level score you know is it is probably no it is more uh um, valuable in today's game, but that doesn't mean that what Bam brings to the table isn't valuable simply because it's not quite as valuable as you know as as what the supreme you know, perimeter guy can bring. Okay, one more of these, then I'll get off comparisons. Would you rather build around Bam or Embiid? Man, people are gonna say we're you know you know we're just hating, but I would rather build around Bam specifically because of Embiid's injury health, injury history. It's not because I think Embiid is trash and like I don't, I'm not riding that wave. I I still think that ultimately, if they had to decide in Philly, I, I still think they would go with you know, the Embiid route. But if you're you know like if you're saying build around, so that's like saying like the next ten years, I would say Bam because I think that you I think it's easier to build a winner around him than it would be necessarily to build around uh, to build around Embiid. Also specifically because. Embiid is is a guy that is, is considered a supermax contract type guy, and you're not going to get him to take anything less than that. And I don't necessarily know that. Uh, bad I don't either now, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, but you know what I mean. I'm I, I'm saying like like already. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So, but you know, that's a long winded way of saying. Uh, bam. What about you? Yeah, it, I mean, Bam. I I I don't even care if you're you're mad. I I think that Bam is going to contribute to way more wins 
over the next five, six years than, than Embiid will. Um, and not just from a durability standpoint, like you can run the offense through Bam and not have it be all about Bam. Um, Bam doesn't have to slow the game down um, the way that Embiid does if you want to post him up a bunch of times. I, I, I think Bam's a way better fit for today's league. And I fully admit that Embiid's like a more skilled, polished offensive player in a lot of ways, but I, I would I would very quickly rather have Bam. I do think if you had both sides on the phone that neither would want to make the deal, though. I think yeah, it's reached the point where, like, if Philly called Miami and was like Embiid for Bam, I think Pat Riley is hanging up. Um, I and, and alternatively, I think the same way Philly's not giving up Embiid for Bam by himself, but I, I think that Bam has reached the point where one for one, neither team wants that right now. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Okay, we're going to take a break. A uh, word from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a very interesting LeBron quote about Anthony Davis. And <laughs> we're going to talk about a very heartfelt Luka Doncic article and, yeah, and then movies and whatnot. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they are still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you are craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your your total and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Jabari, I had DoorDash tonight, man. Um, Got a little chicken fettuccine Alfredo going on. Uh, Classic, but, you know, like the lady made the point, it's the same everywhere. So... I'm kind of overthinking it now. I, I, I went too safe. I went too safe. Yeah, it, it's pretty hard to mess up chick, you know, chicken fettuccine Alfredo. It, it, it pretty much is. Before we go on to LeBron, let's let's stop. Shouts to Fansided put out a really nice article on the step back. Um, the author's Colin Cable. Mm-hmm. And the title of the article is How Luka Doncic Saved My Life. I, I, I cannot even lie. I clicked on this article initially to dunk on this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, like uh, honestly, when you shared the article, I the, my first reaction was like, "Oh, come on! Oh, wait! Oh, oh, wait! Okay, wait!" <laughs> As I got deeper and deeper into it, I uh, I have many thoughts. And, and first, like, shouts to Colin for putting out, you know, y- your own personal story and, and the loss of, you know, he lost his brother, and that's he was going through you know uh, the road back from drugs and a lot of things in the story and he he linked them to basketball and uh, shouts to him for sharing and I'm glad that basketball and Luca helped him out but my initial thought was like why and 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 it did change as i read the story because i see the connection obviously mm-hmm. but i'm like why do we rely so heavily on entertainment in that way and i'm very much like hey i love sports and the basketball all this stuff but like we should not rely so heavily on this stuff man so i and and like you that was my first response because i tend i tend to kind of run you know toward the cynical side uh but the more i thought about it i looked at it like this i didn't necessarily and i know that you're not accusing colin and shout out to him as well because i appreciated the fact that he shared it uh i i know you're not accusing him of it but you know i i i 
I saw it more as he wasn't necessarily saying like it was life or death, you know, you know, based upon if Luca made a jump shot. It's more of like a sometimes when you're spiraling, sometimes when you know you're simply looking for a port in the storm. It isn't that you know, he, I, to me at least, you know, from what I took of it, it wasn't that he was you know like you know again attaching all hope to Luca. It's just that. It just so happened that when he needed some positive things in his life, that sport, you know, sports and Luca in particular and the Dallas Mavericks in particular provided that you know, provided some of that. So I, I get it. And, and again, like like I said, I skew towards the cynical side usually. And, and, and you know, right soon as you sent that article, my very first, you know, my very first thought was what the f- get out of here. And again, like I said, as I read it, I said, OK, no. No, and I and it, and it was essentially like I was chastising myself, like no, 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 that's not what this is. Um, you know, the, you know, the title of it didn't necessarily, you know, like uh, you know, help in 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 terms of avoiding that thought. But uh, no, like ultimately, I, I appreciate you know, like I said, and I know that you do as well. I appreciate Colin for sharing the story, and I saw it more as you know, you know, more of just like an, an appreciation for what you know, Luca and the sport had, you know, they did for him in that moment. Yeah, and, and to be clear, I'm I'm not knocking Colin for like, hey, when, when you need something to hold on to in your life, you you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like he did, he said like, I I don't know if I'd be here if the Mavs drafted Mo Bamba. And I was like, and th- this isn't a shot at Colin. This is a shot at, like the world in this side. And like you know, this is my own like weak in mental health bleeding in here too. But I'm just like, our world should be able to offer more than yeah. this. People should not need to watch someone that they may or may not ever interact with play essentially a meaningless but entertaining game to, to find, you know, equilibrium in their own lives. And I think, you know, the combination of this story, some stuff going on in my personal life, and Donald Trump's paying $750 taxes as a billionaire, um, the trio of those are just like a nuclear cocktail in my gut. And... <laughs> I am I am struggling with how do six and a half seven billion people on Earth continue to just go with the flow on some of this stuff. Uh, I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag the show down by you. <laughs> no no no. Not, not saying that you are, but I'm saying like if oh I, come I am over, if I come <laughs> over if I come over the top with it, I I I certainly feel like it will. I'll say this. We're of the same opinion, and yes, it would absolutely be wonderful if the world provided, you know, you know, provided more, just in general. But uh, you know, more, you know, peace of mind, you know, right now would be nice. Right now, this, you know, sometimes, like I said, it might be a port in a storm type situation. Hey, there's a lighthouse. Go get, go, go towards that lighthouse. And if it ends up being, you know, honestly, if it ends up being, uh, you know, a, a, a fun basketball series or a movie or a book or you know, the, you know, striking up a you know new friendship or whatever the case may be, listening to a great podcast like Dunks and Discourse here for the Blue <laughs> Blue Water Podcast <laughs> Network, you know, but you'll so be it, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, for me, sometimes just just talking out stuff is is the like the answer or the relief sometimes. Totally. But yeah, man, I mean, twenty twenty has been a hard year, and and I totally like the story is is beautifully written, and I think it when you read the title, it's almost it, you it's facetious, but yes, when you read through it, it it's worth the read. Definitely, um, it it really is. It's just I I did couldn't help but reflect and think like we could do more we could do better and i that's not anything profound and everyone's probably thought that but it did it did run me to that end at one point um i hear you lebron james following the the defeat of the denver nuggets uh talking about anthony davis mm-hmm. said that <laughs> quote unquote um that's why i brought him here yeah thoughts uh he said the words out loud okay so like we all knew this. We all have called him Le GM and all of those things. And, you know, we weren't being facetious about it. We weren't joking about it. We were not, you know, even being funny about it. We all knew that this was probably the reality for the better part of his career, but especially this, you know, the, that back half, right? He just made the mistake of saying it out loud. Now, I don't even know if he necessarily made it as a mistake. He might have just gone ahead and said it. But. If you're Adam Silver, if you're the league, while I don't think you're going to do anything about it, you might want to whisper to him and say, hey, LeBron, don't say that. You can say anything else. We're not going to say anything to you, but just don't say that, please. I am surprised this wasn't bigger. I I am. Mm -hmm. 
I am really surprised that this quote isn't everywhere and what people were talking about all day because, um, man, I, I just... The AD things really put a wrench, I think, behind closed doors. Like, hey, we can't have stars walking out of markets with two years left on their deal. Mm-hmm. Why would any small market team continue? Why, why would anyone want to buy a team that essentially has no chance at winning ever? That's, um, that's the big one. It, it, and yeah, and like even if you're a Lakers fan and you're like, F you, AD can do what he wants or whatever, fine. But like, the other 25 teams where the, they essentially have no shot ever at competing, you know, a big a big red alert happened with the AD situation. And then to, I'm, I'm not going to neglect with Paul George as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but for LeBron to come forward and say, and because he has said in the past, like, I'm hands off. I don't have any say in, like, what goes on in the day of, of clutch. And we all roll our eyes and know that that's, you know. We all knew what it was. Like you said, we all knew what it was. But for him to say, like, that's why I brought him here. Um, And I I do think it was a slip. I don't think LeBron meant for it to have the impact that it it did. But, man, that is a bad look. And and I think think Adam Silver is probably on the phone with a number of owners this week having some tough conversations following that quote. I don't think he is. I, I hear you, and, and, and I want to go with you on this. I don't think he is because I think those conversations have already been had. I think, every, like I said, behind closed doors, I think everybody knows what this is. Uh, you know, it, the owners that you know that, that, that don't like it or would be pissed off about it or have probably expressed that, you know, far, you know, a long time before now. What it, end, you know, what it ends up doing is, like I said, I think, you know, through back channels or, you know, maybe even, you know, in, in, in the... It, in a sign of like a public fine or something of that nature, I think the message will get, you know, will be uh, sent. And I don't think LeBron will say anything like that again. Even if he is in the boardroom saying, hey, go get this guy. <laughs> Even if he was on the on the conference call with Rich Paul telling Anthony Davis, hey, tell him you'll sit out the season, man. If, if they don't trade you to the Lakers, you're not playing basketball anymore. Even if he was on that call, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But that, yeah, I mean, that... I don't. I don't know. It's lucky there was a game today and Trump's tax return at the same time because the, if this had just been the off season, there was nothing going on. This would have been a week long. Oh yeah. Talk radio conversation. Man, and and someone someone replied to me being like, "Well, I like that AD has control of his future. I like that LeBron speaks up because like power to the players, man." And I'm like, "This isn't power to players though. This is power to like the top six guys." Yeah, upper echelon. Like yeah. it, and and you know honestly, uh, Twitter is never going to you know be a place where, or where the masses will have that you know, a contextual conversation on that you know. So it kind of is what it is. But you know we're of the same opinion. Like I I, I saw it and I immediately was like, God dang, come on man, dude. Thank you. You're not supposed you're not supposed to say, hey, look at how the sausage is made. You're just supposed to give it to them and say, taste this delicious sausage. And that is not meaning <laughs> anything other than that. Well, well put, well put. I, I, I just, I think too people are are forgetting like there's like a whole. The elite is the elite, like both financially and from a talent perspective. Like if you are, I don't know, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Luca, and you, and you re up with Dallas and you take a discount and you think I'm gonna stay here for four years and forty two million dollars because we're gonna win championships and Luca decides the next year even though he has you know, five years of team control left. I don't want to be here. I want to go to, I'm going to go to Milwaukee. I've always wanted to live in Milwaukee and play with Giannis. Like this, this, this isn't for the players. This is for the top five to 10 guys that actually have that leverage. And it's, it's, it's not good, man. It's, it's not ideal. Yes. Look, this, that aspect of the system uh, and, or that loophole is specifically for, it's like the tax cuts for the super rich. And that, and in no way, I'm not trying to you know put them in the same category. But if we're you know speaking comparatively, that's what that is. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you can. I mean, like LeBron's I, a billionaire, so you can you can throw him in the I, super rich conversation. I, I, I know, but th- that yeah. that broadens the conversation to you know actually having to add. Anyhow, yeah. Let's we, let's let's get it. Let's just tank this thing tonight, man. Let's just let's no. just go out with a bang. <laughs> let's see how many people we can get emailing in. Like, can't believe they're talking about politics. 
Can't believe they're poo-pooing the ad copy. Can't believe, you know, like, let's just let's just go out in a ball of smoke, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually having too much fun for that. You know, let, yeah. let, but but let's see. Hey, you know what? If anybody's bothered by this, show us in the form of a review. <laughs> yeah. Give me a one-star review. Just give me another review. Let me just know you're out f- there. I just need to know you're there. Put it in 41. Put <laughs> it 41 for a minute. Um, some, somehow we've, we've been at 41 reviews for like a month. And we went from 4.6 out of 5 on Apple to 4.5, but we didn't get a new review. Did you notice that? Not not sure how that works out either. How, how is the math on that formulated, Apple? I would Can I get someone from Apple who's listening to help me figure that one out? Now, now uh, we're taking on Apple. We're taking on the platform. Right. You're taking on everybody. Taking on the world. Uh, so we're not going to win, but we're, we're, we're having our moment in the ring. Um, uh, what have you been binging, man? Man, I actually restarted The Walking Dead after that really fun conversation about the greatest single seasons of TV from the other night. By the way, shout out to everyone that participated in that uh, because it was actually a lot of fun. You know, like uh, the ones that I threw out there. Now, and I appreciate that an overwhelming majority of folks uh, understood that I was just putting a couple out there and then asking specifically for other people to join in as opposed to the few people that were like, how could you not have this? Or how could... It's like, guys, 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 that's the point. Please join in. So anyhow, shout out to everybody that joined in. Um, I noticed that you did not. Uh, so even though, yes, I, I started The Walking Dead over again and I'm loving that, you know, re-watching and kind of like re-experiencing the dynamics between Shane and Rick and, you know, and, and, the, and everybody. Um, I actually want to ask you, since you did not participate and I was quite offended because you are Mr. <laughs> Twitter and you because you are Mr. Twitter. What two things? What is your favorite season of The Wire? And give me a couple of your favorite singles, single seasons of television. Man, I. I, I think I saw it and I didn't have an immediate answer and that's why I scrolled by. <laughs> well, I, uh-huh. I want to say my favorite season of The Wire is four. It has to be. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people it's, like it's, three. It's unoriginal and like it, it's not. Ex- I my favorite season of television ever, man. So like for I, me, I threw out there The Wire season four, Soprano season two, uh, True Detective season one, Throne season three, and but people honestly like. Over like five hundred people responded to that thing. I was I was kind of shocked. Throne season three is up there. I I would say season one of Prison Break and season one of Lost are also up there for me. People, a lot of people mentioned those. The first season of Prison Break was so good, and I think it gets kind of forgotten because the rest of the show sucked. And like, how many times can you throw these guys in prison? Like with a legitimate reason, even if there is a secret government conspiracy, mm-hmm. and then they escape out of that prison. Like, the, the, the framework of the show, the writers had a tall task to keep adding seasons to that thing, especially after they killed Michael and then brought him back. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> I've never, never seen the, the show, so I have no idea what you're Oh, talking. really? Yeah, you, you never watched any of Prison Break? <laughs> no, like, that was during that time when I just wasn't watching network TV shows. So, like, that's why I never saw Prison Break. I never saw 24. I never saw Lost. I never saw a lot of it because I was just, I was exclusively watching HBO, Showtime, and, you know, and that. And I know you hadn't watched Lost, which is still pretty, like dark but you you should go watch the first season of prison break and then just call it don't watch the next <laughs> don't, don't even don't or... even bother myself okay no but like the first season of prison break the characters are are all awesome and and the story it builds so nicely it, it really was worth it that might as a standalone season that might be be, be my answer okay okay yeah. i will eventually you know i will I'm trying to like I'm just pulling up my list here. What did we watch? Did you watch Enola Holmes on Netflix? No. Who was in that? Um, Henry Cavill was Sherlock Holmes, and ah. what's it, Millie Bobby Brown? Is that her name? Stranger oh, okay. Things from Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Is his younger sister is Enola Holmes, and um, obviously it, it's a kids movie, so mm-hmm. there's that, but. I mean, it was kind of fun. It had a nice turn for a Netflix movie that, you know, probably would get more hype in theaters. It, it was decent. But it they did fourth wall breaking incessantly. Oh. And it, nope. I was trying to think before the show, is there a movie other than Deadpool where fourth wall breaking adds to the movie and doesn't annoy you all the way through? Mm, trying to think. I can't think of one because I, I just don't like it. Like, for instance, like, did you ever watch that Showtime show, uh, House of Lies? No, I never did. 
took me forever to get into it because like in, in the first few episodes they're breaking it non-stop and it's just like okay i get it this is obnoxious as all shit please stop um so yeah i, I probably would not like this movie specifically because of that yeah i mean I, it, it was tough and like as the movie went on i couldn't fully get into it because every five to ten minutes there's a fourth wall break from <sighs> millie bobby brown no. you know explaining things to you and it's just like ugh. Oh, it would have been a much I gave it a 67 I probably would have given it a 74 75 if we just got the story like we weren't you know challenged Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of the only other ones that I, I do enjoy that they utilize it throughout yeah I was struggling to think of one I was really struggling um, and then started up New New Girl which I think I watched the first three <laughs> seasons and never finished it uh, man I, I see so much of myself in Nick in Nick Miller in that show, it just it adds it adds to the hilarity for sure. I'll eventually check that one out because that is one that I've you know you, you scroll you see you go like oh maybe 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 that that's always been in my maybe uh, but I've never watched that one either. Yeah, it, it's it's per, it's a pretty funny little sitcom. Um, it's already a little bit dated for sure, like mm-hmm. every comedy based thing in twenty twenty. But um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. The dynamic works. I got you. Oh, speaking of that type of show, I also uh, started season four, I think it is, of The Good Place, because it's that type of show for me. Like, lighthearted, it's definitely not taking itself seriously. In fact, it's, you know, pretty much having fun with making fun of itself. The cast is dope. Did you ever watch The Good Place? No, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, uh, it's Kristen Bell, Ted Danson, um, there's a bunch of, like, you know, like, sneaky, Maya Rudolph sitting there, a bunch of, like, sneaky, like, oh, that person, you know, uh... J- J- what's her name Jalila I-, I-, I don't want to mess her name up Jamila J- anyhow when when you look it up you know you- actually you and a lady might enjoy that one because Jamila like, Jamil thank like. you Jamila Jamil yes um, yeah no it looks funny it looks, yeah. it looks wor- like worth a watch on Netflix um, you mentioned Maya Rudolph the other thing we watched this, this week was uh, I watched Bridesmaids for the first time in like seven eight years and I made a note to watch it when we had done the coming <laughs> It is very funny. Yes. Like, it's not, like, elite top five for me all the time, but it is very funny. And the, the airport scene, the airport scenes run on was, it is killer. It, it, it The whole, like, her, him being the TSA agent, actually being the TSA agent was, uh, or the marshal, was, was incredible. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny is that that's her actual husband in real life. It is, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. But the, honestly, the help me, I'm poor in that scene is, it. I, I will laugh out loud, like bust out laughing. The first time I saw it, I was like, wait, what did she just say? Did she say, help me, I'm poor? Uh, for me, Bridesmaids is up there. I think, in fact, uh, when we did our top 10 comedies, I had it in my top 10 uh, over, you know, the, what was the top 10 comedies over the last 20 or 30 years or something like that. I think yeah, I did. Yeah, we did 20 years. Yeah. yeah, or 20 years, yeah. So it was in mine because it is, you know, for me, like laugh out loud. I think I had it at like 17, but after watching it again, I probably would bump it up to like top 12. It, the, the, the scene at the wedding, the, the bridal center too, uh-huh. where they all have the food poisoning also. <laughs> in also the middle of the street. Murdered. Yeah. In the sink. <laughs> what, what does she say? She's like, she's walking the street. She's like, oh, you held it together pretty well. She's like, I literally shit in the street. <laughs> it, the, the worst part is honestly the little like, love thing that she has with the cop because like he is sweet and there's like a nice little romance angle there but like none of it's funny yeah it's it, it's it's unnecessary but i will say it did lead to another scene that i laugh out loud at and it's so stupid but it's a, it's my type of humor the scene at the end when they're driving by driving him, around trying to get his attention and she does the lowrider <laughs> the lowrider scene and, <laughs> and, and gives him the head nod Again, laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah, no, it is a funny movie. It is definitely. That's good stuff. Um, I think it's going to wrap it for us. Um, if you haven't yet, please like, rate, subscribe, review. Please review. Just give us a review on Apple so we can get to 42. Man. Um, uh, we are going to be back Wednesday in your feeds. 